This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh, welcome into the show. It's Wednesday night and time for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mader. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. It's Operation Domination time, everybody, which means it's time to preview our fantasy football analysis, a little betting analysis, and get you guys ready for the up coming week we got a lot to go over of course we didn't have a recap show so we'll try to work some of that in as we go along chase cracks open the beer i love that we're all ready to roll chris is in the building and just like that we got a full crew welcome chase thornton chris dowhauer and adam larue how are you guys doing after week one still get still catching my breath but uh yeah hell yeah ready to go Dude, it was nuts. I was just talking to Adam right before we jumped on. I have a league where I had J.K. Dobbins, I had Aaron Rodgers, and I have Garrett Wilson. And I don't know what the hell to do about Garrett Wilson. J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Rodgers, they're long gone. But, yeah, no, that fun, fun times, fun times. Won most of my leagues, but, you know, it's always the ones that you lose that you just irks you the wrong way. Chris, how we doing? Doing pretty good. I mean, what's going to be like, a, uh, you know, in the future, we're going to tell our kids, remember there was a guy named Aaron Rodgers. He actually played for the Jets. At one point, in his career be for less than a minute. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be great in that immaculate grid game, like a, two years from now. <laughs> <laughs> How many snaps did Aaron Rodgers play? So, Chris, do you think he's done for his career? You think he's going to hang it up after this? Think he's going to come back next year? I think he's going to come back next year. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go out like that per se. Um, it is going to be interesting, though. He is going to be forty. Uh, he was contemplating retirement, you know, going into this season. Do you want to put all that rehab in? Do you want to do all that work? And in Achilles, as you get older, uh, we've seen the other guys, you know, their careers, and especially more so in the NBA than the NFL, but it's a scary proposition as you get older. It is a scary proposition as you get older. But, yeah, I, I think Aaron Rodgers' ego is too big for him to not try to come back for one more season. And the Jets are all set up for him to be back next year. I kinda, I, Chris, it might have been you who I was talking to. I actually thought the Jets, from a managerial standpoint, a cap standpoint, were actually better suited to go all out next year after they reworked the contract of Aaron Rodgers than necessarily this season. So, you know, if he comes back next year, I think the Jets will still be they'll still be right there. It'll definitely be better than Zach Wilson. I'll take I'll take you a step further than that. I think the Jets are playing it all wrong. Everybody's worried about the competing still this year. Why not tank, get Caleb Williams, and get Aaron Rodgers back next year? And all that crap. I don't think their defense will allow that to happen. <laughs> yeah. that, there, might, there might be a little too much pride going on yeah. on one side of the line. should have did that and started Monday night when you had the chance against the Buffalo Bills. All right, this is Operation Domination. It is week two. We want to get you guys cashing tickets and winning championships. Let's talk about our Thursday night matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. So first off, Kenneth Gainwell is officially ruled out. So I had to adjust my roster there a little bit. So that was number one. But let's before we get into that, let's talk about the quarterbacks a little bit. Obviously, you're starting Jalen Hurts. 
I don't care about that. I want to talk about Kirk Cousins because I have him ranked at QB 13. ECR has him at QB 19. Now, I know it wasn't pretty this past Sunday against Tampa Bay, but he still finished as a top 12 quarterback this past week, did he not? Sometimes it doesn't have to look pretty to be fantasy relevant. So when I look at him against the, the, against the Eagles, we just saw Mac Jones go off for 300 yards with absolutely no weapons. Cousins just had 344 yards, and it could be a similar game script where he's having to come back behind against the Eagles. And you know what? Before you try to hit me with Kirk Cousins and the primetime thing, Thursday nights don't seem to count as far as his primetime itis. Thursday nights, he actually averages about a 68% completion percentage, 7.89 yards per, per, per pass attempt. He's not terrible when it's the Thursday night game. So I'm not worried about primetime Kirk Cousins. By the way, before I kick this over to Chase, uh, 267.5 passing yards for his prop. He's been over that for the last six games. So I like the over as well for Cousins. Another big reason why I have him on the bubble. Chase, what, what do you make of this, man? I do not ago, agree with you on any way, shape, or form on this. Okay. Right now. No, I've, I've got him actually, I've, I've actually got him lower than consensus. I've got him down around 22 right now this week. Um, it is primetime Kirk Cousins, and you can say what you want about his Thursday record being slightly better, but he's 8 and 10 on 18 night games, 444 for his career. He's 38, 24 and 1 otherwise, a 600 winning percentage otherwise. He's not a bad quarterback. But when he faces these better teams, which, which let's face it, they're usually better teams in primetime games that he's facing, though. Something about the lights, something about it, and, and I'm, I'm not conjecturing here. He throws more interceptions. He turns the ball over more in his primetime games. That's the entire difference between primetime Kirk Cousins and regular Kirk Cousins. He turns the ball over over one time a game in primetime, under one time a game every other game in his career. You're talking about Philadelphia who uh, had, you know, were, were our, our turnover machine. They were all last season. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they were third in the league last year in turnovers. And, oh, by the way, when they played each other last year, he only threw for 221 yards and three interceptions. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm going the under on his yards. I do not have him ranked in the top 12 this, year, this week. If you've got him in your super flex leagues, keep him in there. He's still a low quarterback, too, and he's, and he's always got the ability – to go off but it is primetime Kirk Cousins I'm out on him okay Chris I saw you nodding your head you want to jump in there real quick well I was gonna say Chase does it matter that it's you know Amazon and that everybody can get it and then you know people are pissed <laughs> off because the stream doesn't work all the time so maybe it's kind of <laughs> the pressure's off because it's only the people in the stadium well, which people is always see, like, parts of the things going on Look, I'm kind of in the middle. I, I I think Chase made some great points, especially the last time the Eagles played this team. They annihilated them in the playoffs. Um, well, I will say for Dan's perspective is you saw Matt Jones put up a lot of yards. You're going to see a lot of sacks given up from this Vikings offensive line, especially without their center. Uh, they're not going to run for a lot of yards, so they're going to be passing most of the time. So I do see there's a, there's a, you know there's a path to get the yardage. What you got to be concerned about is what's your penalty in your leagues for turnovers? Because as Chase alluded to, right. turnovers are a gigantic problem. That was a lot of people last week where you might have got numbers in some leagues you're happy. Other leagues, Kirk Cousins wasn't a top 12 guy because the turnovers, you know, between the fumbles and interceptions really bitching the butt. And you want him getting a guy with an average quarterback, basically. Well, so, like, you, like you said, there's a path to the yardage, but a path is not something I want to put my money on. Just well, to briefly add, is Darisaw is questionable too. So it's Bradbury's out right out, but Darisaw like probably plays going to be hurt. <laughs> like, yeah. 
no, that that's fair. I just want to hit this drop for Chase. So we remember. We'll see on Friday, my friend. All right, let's move on here. Uh, like I said, Kenneth Gainwell is out. He was the bell cow, not the rotational back, not the little sprinkled and easygoing guy, the bell cow for the Philadelphia Eagles. So now it looks like DeAndre Swift will be that guy. I have already updated my rankings here. I have now moved Swift to my RB27. Uh, I can't move him to top 24 just because it was so bad, and they'll, they'll probably activate Rashad Penny. So he'll probably get a handful of touches. Boston Scott will be involved to some degree. I do expect DeAndre Swift to be more of the Kenneth Gainwell type into this game. So for me, he's definitely a flex play. But my goodness, Adam, what do you make of this Philadelphia Eagles situation? I know they were telling us Kenneth Gainwell, but I wasn't expecting Kenneth Gainwell to be the bell cow. No, I wasn't either at all. Uh, I definitely still felt comfortable flexing Swift in some spots. You know, kind of thought he would get in the rotation. And he's always been a back that, you know, you give him 10 touches and you're typically okay with the fantasy production, but even that was was an uphill battle. So that makes me comfortable still playing him in some flex spots this week with Gainwell out, uh, but the future of this backfield I'm really curious about. Yeah, I mean, when they're all healthy, Chris, are you going to play any one of these guys anything more than a flex play if they're all healthy? I think eventually it's going to pan itself out. I'm a big believer that talent winds up winning out throughout this season, particularly in backfields. Kenneth Gainwell is in a bell cow back. That's why he's already banged up and hurt. Um, so I think that you kind of saw his what he his ceiling is in a sense last week. And I also think this is, you know, just homage to Adam here. This is so cold to them. I mean, this is like Jeff Wilkins playing with Kenneth Gainwell the first game. Jeff Wilkins gets all the carries. You're like, what the hell is Jeff Wilkins involved? Where's Naheem Hines? Where's Marlon Mack? Where's Jonathan Taylor? And then the following week, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We do have better, more talented guys to use. So I just feel like this is something that was a game plan script in a lot of ways. That game got kind of out of whack as it was because the Patriots fell behind so early with the turnovers and the you know, early, 60, I think 16 nothing right off the bat. So the Eagles offense really never kind of hit its stride, never really had a shot established running the ball. And DeAndre Swift, I mean, regardless of him being the bell cow or not, isn't going to get one touch. You know, Dallas Goddard's not going to get not targeted. So I think this is something just kind of go back to the norm you know, after this week. No, the Epic Colts thing was when all four running backs were all this as co-stars. <laughs> that was that was the most epic Colts. Well, that's thing what ever the Eagles just did, right? Going into this that's week, that's how that's they listed them. Exactly it was Rashad Penny, it was DeAndre Swift, it was Kenneth Gainwell, it was Boston Scott, all of the starters. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how we're treating this Swift in the flex right now. Madison, you're gonna play him as an RB two. Uh, Justin Jefferson, obviously playing him. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, they were actually only shining brightening lights uh, for the Eagles. And Jordan Addison, I still like him as a flex play, although he played behind KJ Osborne. I think that will take a little bit of time, not much time to get going. I want to talk about the tight ends with you guys. We'll kick this back up the chase here. So you're happy enough with TJ Hawkinson, not from a production standpoint, but from a target standpoint. Like the guy was out all training camp, came in number two target right off the bat. But what about Dallas Goudert? You know, Chris just kind of mentioned him. Zero targets or one target, I believe, zero catches. Coach did make some comments this week that they need to do a better job getting him the ball. You always like when the coach takes that, you know, into consideration. It's a middle of the pack matchup here against the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, his player prop, just, just to give an idea here, 44 and a half receiving yards. You're not going to feel confident about betting on the over on that after a game like this. But he is still over three of the last four games. And this isn't a matchup where you should shy away from it. So not setting bet over or under on it, but I am saying use as barometer to think Dallas Goddard should bounce back. 
back. He's my tight end five. ECR has him at seven. What say you? I know I've got him at five too. He's still a high end guy. Uh, listen, he does not last week was a complete and total anomaly. He hadn't had a game with only one target since 2020. That's a complete fluke. He averaged all, you know, five and he averaged almost six targets a game last season. Now I know that Shane Steichen is out and in Indianapolis moving on to their running back shenanigans and Brian Johnson's in. And we have to, we have to, Brian Johnson has to find his, his, his stride with, with Nick Sirianni here and, and how they're going to run this offense. But the, you know, you think you need to get more targets to your high end tight end because Dallas Goddard, when he's used is one of the best tight ends in the game. And I'm not just talking from our fantasy perspective and our betting perspective. I'm talking like he's a good damn player on the actual football field. You need to get him some targets. You need to take some of that pressure off of your, off of your backfield, use him the way that you've used him his entire career when he's been healthy, he's healthy. Now um, I don't necessarily, like you said, I don't feel comfortable betting on an over on that, on that right now, because they are still finding their stride, I think, and, and figuring out, you know, how, how they're going to call this offense. But uh, if you've got Dallas Goddard, it's week two. Don't panic. Calm down. Have some dip and uh, sit back. He'll be fine. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Before we move on here, Alexander Madison, 15 and a half receiving yards. I got the over because, as Adam pointed out, with the offensive line, I don't know how much rushing he's going to do. I do think he will get involved in the receiving game, especially with some linebackers banged up on the Eagles side, too. I forgot to mention, actually, that the Eagles are favored by minus seven points. The over-under is 48. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than that, but I do like the Eagles there, minus seven points. Let's move on. 